The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This, 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 Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples. UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to podcast episode number 299. This one is dedicated to the world of boxing. We are the Fight Disciples. And if you've only just come across us, you can subscribe via iTunes. Please do so and write us a little five-star review. It helps with our visibility in the iTunes charts. So other uh, fans of boxing and fight sports uh, can come and join us on a week-by-week basis. If you need an Android feed, by the way, you can go to our website, fightdisciples.com, and all our social media is open for you right now, at Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter, and at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. Uh, you'll be pleased to know, Nicholas, mm-hmm. uh, that me and uh, Mr McGuigan, Barry, we're mates again. We're pals now. You've made up, have you? Kissed and made up? We made him, We kissed and made up, yeah. I went up to Glasgow last Wednesday for a little bit of an interview. Uh, with Josh, uh, Shane and Barry. And when Barry came over, he goes, ah, Adam from the Fight Disciples. I went, all right, Mr. McGuigan, how are you? He goes, yes, we had a bit of a misunderstanding, me and you, last uh, last month, uh, a couple of months ago, didn't we? And this was all over uh, Ryan Martin, who I basically said uh, was rubbish. I stand by it, yeah. Uh, but maybe I was a little bit harsh at the time uh, with the things that I said. He was uh, a rabbit caught in the headlights that fought Josh Taylor in the quarterfinals yeah, of, the, of, the, of, of the World Boxing Super Series. Um, on paper, he was decent, but on the yeah, night, yeah. he was rubbish. I don't think you were you were far off there. Mm. Um, but Big Baddies forgiven, oh, forgive and forget. Sound now. Sound mainly because he just watched me do an interview with Josh. Basically, I had Josh's cock in my mouth, and now we're uh, giving it the biggin. You know how I work. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to do it again today, mate, because if Barry, if you're listening to the show, this is basically a McGuigan, Taylor, Scottish, World Boxing Super Series. Special. It's a loving, mate. It's a loving. Yeah, we've got to talk about Wilder. Yes, we're going to go crazy on a new way. Uh, but Josh Taylor, the new IBF super lightweight champion of the world. Absolutely sensational. Before I give you my take on the fight, mm-hmm. I want yours because we didn't watch it together. Go no, on. we didn't. So I thought... Uh, so I watched it again on Sunday because one of the fight disciples had messaged us, didn't they, Sunday morning saying... Why have you got it this way? I scored it that way. I'd love to see because you and uh, Israel scored it the same way. What? How did Nick score it? And I thought, you know what? I'm going to watch it again today anyway, Stone Cold, because I've had right a couple then. of shandies. After the shandies then, how did you score it? So yesterday, uh, on the night? Yeah. I thought it was, um, I thought Taylor had absolutely walked it. Yeah. But I was full of shandy. Right. So I watched it on Sunday and scored it properly. Now, this is how I scored it. First three rounds, flip a coin. So really, I, yeah, first three rounds. So I went, okay, share one and one each. So at the end of three rounds, I'm like, it's level for me. Then Josh had a big round in the fourth. Uh-huh. Uh, Branchik had a massive round in the fifth. Yeah. Then Josh completely changed the face of the fight with the sixth round, with yeah. the two knockdowns. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, I had Branchik one up. Even one up. Sorry, I had him one up going. Maybe I give Branchik the first two. I had Branchik basically one up going into the sixth. Okay. Then Josh won it by three. So mm-hmm. now I've got Josh Taylor two up after six rounds with knockdowns. With knockdowns, yeah, just two points up basically. Okay. Then I don't see Branchik win another round from seven to ten. 
Correct. But then I give Baranchik 11 and 12. All right, OK. So I had Josh six up going into the last two, the championship rounds, but I thought Baranchik won the last two, so I had Josh Taylor win it by four points. So you agreed with the, two, the judges. two judges? yeah. So you had 115. That's exactly how I had it. I thought Josh Taylor was absolutely sensational. I've got to be honest. I thought he was brilliant. Mate. He's got big, hairy, Scottish testicles because he takes the fight to any fucker. He can whack, he can move, he can box. He fights dirty. Like I love the shit when he was like, couple of low blows, little forearm to the face. Like you're in my town now, son, because that's what Branchik does to people. Yeah. He roughs people up. Yeah. He's a pressure fighter. He sets such a tempo, and it was like, it was like Josh Taylor gone. This is my fucking town. I'm the one that'll drop a low blow. I'm the one that'll give you a forearm in the face, take a warning off the referee. I don't give a fuck. I'll rough you up. I'm bigger and better than you. And he could outbox him as well. Thought mm. he was sensational. Brilliant. You see, I agreed with the first judge, 117-109. Yeah. And then I watched it back yesterday. I still agree with the first judge, but I could probably make an argument for 116-110. Okay, talk talk me through your... First round, Branchick. Yeah. I, I thought Taylor, actually, first round, when he when Branchick comes out, I think to myself, oof, this could be a fight, this. Yeah. Because Branchick looked cool. Josh looked a little bit tentative in that first round. But then after the... Fo- when the fourth round finishes, I'm thinking, all right, he's given that first round away to have a little bit of a look. Yeah. So the first round, I give Branchick. Two, three, four. I've given them all to Taylor. I just thought Baranchik was aggressive coming forward, no question. Yeah. But I just thought that Taylor, from the second round, put his foot down a little bit yeah. and his work was a lot cleaner. I thought the only conclusive round for me in them first four was the fourth. All right. Josh Taylor, hands down. First three, you could have tossed the coin, in my opinion. All right. So so you've got Josh two up now yeah. after four rounds. So he's won three rounds. Baranchik's won one round after the fourth round. Yeah. And then, there's no question Baranchik wins the fifth round. Yeah. Right? So get, now you've got Taylor one up. Right. But, at the point of that, I'm thinking to myself, Josh, why have you gone toe-to-toe now with this lad? Because two, three, and four, movement's brilliant, his boxing's brilliant, he's not really planting his feet, he's just going pa 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 and getting out the back door. I'm thinking, this is great. And then he decides... Let's have it. Does he decide it's too easy? Does he decide, I need to give these fans a little bit of something? He decides to go and have it. But Branchit wants you to go and have it. Mm-hmm. And Branchit takes that round, and he takes it quite comfortably. And I actually think the first minute of the sixth round, Branchit's winning it. Yeah. Until... He gets one right on the whiskers. What a the shot as well. The shot of the what fight. A fucking that right shot. hook is the shot of the fight. Ooh. And then obviously Josh takes that fight, uh, that, that round 10-7. And then again, I totally agree with you. He doesn't, Branchick doesn't win another round until round 11. Yeah. From that point onwards. Round 10 is probably the most conclusive, beautiful portion of boxing that Josh Taylor's ever done in his professional career. I thought round 10, he was absolutely outstanding. Yeah. And then Love again, it. and then I think to myself, because he's done 10, does he think I'm pissing this? Is That's that what it is? Is that what it is? I don't know what it is. Does he switch off? Because it, it was, 11 was so against what I'd just witnessed the the first the four, four rounds previous to that. Yeah. So then 11, Branchick wins. I actually give Taylor 12, you know, because I think he wakes up again and I think his work's cleaner in 12. But that's where the argument was. Yeah. When I said I saw 117-109 and then I see 116-110, the 12 could go to Branchick. Yeah, I think... Um... To be honest, I, again, I reiterate, I think the first three were pretty close. I think you could have scored anyway. And I think, for me, definitely Baranchik won the, won the 11th. I thought he won the 12th. But I don't think there's any question that 6 to 10 is all Taylor. Yeah. He, he wins at them rounds conclusively. Yeah. What I thought, maybe in 11 and 12, because he was, you know, I had them six rounds up now, six points up going into the last two rounds. And I think it was a case of, okay, let's have it then. I want to. It's like Josh Taylor was like, I'll prove a point here. Mm. I can have it as well. 
And okay, you're you're, in, yeah, mate, you might you're be playing, right. but I, and you know what? Let's let's not give Branchick at the service either. No, fucking guy's a world champion. He's come all the way to Scotland to defend his world title belt. He's undefeated in 19 fights. Let's give him some credit that maybe he got his game plan going a little, maybe a little bit too late. Maybe Taylor did just take his foot off the pedal. I a little think bit. I think it is. Branchick takes over in the last two rounds, mm. but by then Taylor had the fight won anyway. I think Taylor's more rounded as yeah. a fighter than Baranchik. Baranchik could only really be successful in one element of the fight. And when Taylor allowed him to have those types of fights, like you just said, let's have it, let's go toe-to-toe, yeah. that's when Baranchik saw his success. Plus as well, don't forget who's sitting ringside, who's sitting on the front row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Taylor wants to fucking send a little message out to Poor Grace to go, I've just outboxed them for six rounds, kid, and now watch this. I'm going to go toe-to-toe with them as well. I'm not as scared of the power. The thing is, though, I think if he fight... If he won't he, do that with Pugrace. Well, I was going to say. Pugrace is a bigger puncher than... If he switches off, if like, for example, if he has a round five, he goes for a little bit of a walk and he decides to fight a different type of fight, like he did against Branchick, if he does that against Pugrace, I think Pugrace will take him out. But don't forget what he did in round six. Yeah. Don't forget what he did in round six. So maybe think, maybe without without round five, he doesn't get round six. Yeah. Because without round five, Baranchik maybe doesn't up, open up the way he does in six and gets caught. Yeah, maybe. Because what it was, it was a hook exchange is what it was. But Taylor just timed this a little bit better. They both threw a hook at exactly the same time. Yeah. It was Taylor's that landed clean, yeah, Baranchik's yeah. missed. Without round five, Baranchik maybe doesn't throw that hook mm. and Taylor doesn't get to counter it. So What it does do, though. It was sensational. And before, listen, and I know we will come on to it, but just to, I just want to say at this point before we talk about the next world ch- new world champion we've got. Hmm. This is how you win a world title. You beat a... Obviously, the other guy didn't get the chance to fight a world champion. It was a vacant belt. But you're fighting for a world title in your home, basically in your home, you know, your home area. Yeah. Friends, family, all that. Day. You're, you're six rounds ahead on most people's scorecards, at least. And you're still trying and to... And you fucking have it in the last two rounds. You don't go on your bike. You don't run away. You don't do a roadrunner act and bore the shit out of everybody yeah. sitting ringside. But he could have done. You wouldn't have blamed him. Oh, Josh could have done, but and he probably should have done. Yeah. Fucking the McGuigans are going. We fucking told him to. Uh, yeah, Why yeah. did he have it? We yeah, told yeah. him to run. Absolutely. But he didn't run, and for that reason, fucking Sky Sports stole the show on Saturday night. Mm. Not only because potentially the greatest boxing active today was also on this card, but also the fact that Josh Taylor didn't go. I'm six rounds up. I'm going to get on my bike. Yeah. Maybe that's a Scottish thing. Maybe that's just a Josh Taylor thing. Josh Taylor thing. Maybe that's a, a fuck it, I want to prove something because Pergrace is sitting ringside and I'm going to meet him in the final thing. I don't know. But it wasn't, it wasn't, I'm going to pinch this title. Oh shit, I've had a bit of a, I've took a dig. Now I'm going to go on, on my bike and run away with it and try and, and, and pinch the belt. And then have the fucking audacity to call people. Listen, we'll, we'll come on to him. We'll come on to Billy Joe, who I was really disappointed with on Saturday night, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Josh Taylor was fucking outstanding, but I can sense from you. Let's be honest here. You you said before this tournament started, Josh Taylor will win the tournament. Yes, and I said it's definitely between Taylor and Pergrace. Yes, I'm scared of what Pergrace can do with his fists. Yeah, you're reiterating there what I said at the start. Yeah, Josh looks sensational. Looks brilliant. We've got the final we all dreamed about. However, it's that fifth round makes you go, oh shit. Yeah. If he has a round like that again, or even 11, 11 if he has a round like that against Progress, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Because Progress hits harder. Uh, do you agree with that? Is 100%. But what a fucking final that is. Oh, my God. That's the fight of the year. It is. It's an unbelievable... I, I hope. I mean, Progress is talking the talk that he wants to come to Scotland. Let's do it, man. If that's Scotland, Josh wins. I'll yeah. tell you now. Yeah. Because you're like, I'm not, I'm not saying that because the, it'll be a dodgy score, a Ricky no, no, no. scorecard it's or the anything. Crowd, the buzz I'm just saying that extra buzz because the crowd were fucking loving it. 
on Saturday night. It, it's very rare. That, you know, I was sitting. I was sitting at home just because there were so many cards on. I didn't want to go to one because I'd miss about four other things, either yeah. from travelling or whatever. But I'm sitting there going, fuck, I wish, it was, I wish I'd gone to Glasgow now because mm. the atmosphere was unreal. And I knew it would be. Mm. I knew it would be because it was set the tone by the little Japanese superstar. How good is he? Oh, my fucking word. Listen, we, we told you about him for a long period of time, but because he's been out in Asia and because he's we haven't seen him in the flesh doing his thing. It's quite easy to be dismissive of it because we've seen Lomachenko. We've been ringside for Crawford. We've seen those guys do it. Usyk. And Usyk, of course. Mm -hmm. And we see Canelo all the time, right? So therefore, we're banging on about those guys in the pound-for-pound pound noise, right? Don't get me wrong. Inoue is in the conversation. He's always been in a conversation. Yeah. He's a bit, but he's been floating in around five, hasn't he? Does he make five? Does he not make five? Mate, now the question is, does he make one? Yeah. Because, yeah, you can go and look at the high highlight reels and you can look at what he's done, like I say, in Asia. What he did at the weekend against an, a bona fide, undefeated world champion in Manny Rodriguez, a hard-hitting world champion, a guy that took Paul Butler, no disrespect to Paul, he took Paul Butler to school that night on yeah. the undercard of an Anthony Joshua yeah. last year. He knew it. Everything about what he did at the weekend was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Doesn't waste a shot. He's precise. And for such a little dude, fuck me, what is in those hands? What is in them? It's frightening how much power he carries for such a little, small dude. You know, five for five. It's just unbelievable. What is he, 118 pounds? Yeah. What the fuck? It, 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 it just baffles beyond belief. And then... Listen, it's tough to get super excited about flyweights, and we've talked about it before, just because these guys are so small. It's hard to resonate, especially. There's not many guys walking around at five for five in the UK, mm. in Europe, mm. or even in America. You know, you have to go to South America, you have to go to Asia to find a population that are of large proportions, you know, for under five and a half foot. So you you forget that the, the talent pool, or you start thinking, well, it's, you know, how many fucking five and a half foot guys are there? Let me tell you now, in South America and Asia, there's fucking loads of them. Yeah. You know, the, the talent pool is there. Now, in new way, when you look back at his record, at what he's done, you know, this is not a this is not a a, a thing that's just happening now. It's not like he's suddenly developed. Oh, no, power. no, no. He's been knocking kids out in the first round throughout most of his fucking life. But also, it's like, you know, he was less than double figures into his career when he became WBC Lifefly champion. Yeah. And at the time, he beat Adrian Hernandez who at the time was the long-reigning Lifefly. He was the world number one at Lifefly, and anyway, he just jumped in with him and fucking put him to sleep inside six rounds. Then he skips up two weight divisions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He skipped flyweights altogether, went straight to Superfly, and takes on Naves. Now, at the time, Naves, Naves had been WBO Super Flyweight champion, like, fucking forever. And he just steps up to him, fucking does a number on him, second-round knockout as well. He's been doing this entire career. You know, look at all these knockouts they could... Very few go beyond, like, fucking six rounds. Two or three have gone beyond six rounds. He puts people to sleep with one punch. It's fucking unbelievable. His last three opponents combined, <laughs> 68, three and one, their records were. Yeah. 68 wins, three defeats, one draw, his last three opponents. None of them had ever been stopped. And he took 441 seconds to do all three of them. First round, first round, Rodriguez, second round. Yeah, unbelievable. Fucking believable. The guy the is thing, unreal. Listen, we had we had we had two world class knockouts of the weekend. We'll get to Wilder in a minute. Mm -hmm. But when you watch a new do it, it's it's literally beautiful brutality. 
Yeah. He is so precise. It's textbook. Everything about him, from the from the moment that the, the first bell went, he, he throws that left hook, that counter left hook. And it, it, for me, it was obvious straight away. I was thinking, fucking, that's the fact, that's the shot that's going to take him out. Yeah. And it was only a matter of time. He it just, uh, it was a range thing. As soon as he, because the way he was throwing it over that, over that lead right, you just thought to yourself, it's going to land at some point. It's yeah. going to land at some point. And bang, when it landed, it was like, it, it literally sh- made you shiver a little bit because yep. of how precise and how brutal it were. He's one of those few fighters that you watch at home. And, you know, Wilder does it as well. But you're watching at home no matter what time it is. You're on the edge of your sofa because you're like, you know, it's going to what go. the fuck is going to happen now? And when it happens, it's it's inevitable. But because it's so quick and it's so conclusive, you, you can't help but jump out of your seat because mm. you're like, what the fuck is this little guy mm. packing? It's unbelievable. And like Rodriguez, that first knockdown, you see him looking at his corner and he's looking at his corners if to say, throw the fucking towel the in now. What the fuck was that? <laughs> Get me out of here. Because when you look at a new way, it's not like, listen, Wilder's fucking six foot eight. No. Athletic Mate, as fuck. I stood next to him this week. A new way looks like a little boy. He looks like an extra from fucking Harry Potter. <laughs> There's nothing of him. He's like a little boy. That's what, that's what makes it so freakish. That's why the power is so freakish. I'd love to. I'd love to get him in like a fucking a science lab. Or obviously, not me personally because yeah. I'm not a fucking sports yeah, scientist. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> you just operating on him. I don't think you get a license. I, for him, I would though. love to. Someone get him into a lab and you know wire them all up and just see what his punch kinetics are in relative in pounds to pound for pound status. Yeah, and let's see how powerful he is actually punching I, I for his size. You no, know, like they say, a fucking ant could lift an elephant if it was the size of a man and all that bullshit. Like. If a new way was six six, how hard would he be hitting? Fucking. Do you know hell. what I mean? It's like I think it's a timing thing. Of course it is. It's a million. Well, listen, this is both. You know, the the, the whole the ultimate question in the worlds of knockouts, and I've written and commissioned this article fucking two dozen times in the last twenty years is, is it nature or nature? Like, what is the 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 key elements of a knockout? Nature or nature? And when you get down to the likes of Deontay Wilder and the new way, it's both. It, it is both. You can. Well, I think Wilder's you can nature knockout punch. I think Wilder's more nature. But you are born with their kind of freakish power. You can't teach. Look again, with all due respect, you couldn't teach Paul Butler, and he's a fucking student of the game. He could not be taught to punch like a new way. You can give him the. You could. You could work on it and work on it. And, and listen, I'm sure he fucking does. Got one of the best coaches in the world. And Rodriguez is the same. And every other fucking bantamweight on the planet. Yeah. Barnett, you know, Burnett's the same. None of these guys are as conclusive a puncher of, uh, of a new way. And that is not because their coaches can't teach them. It, and listen, there's some of the Adam Booth fucking hell. These are some of the best coaches in the game. But it's n- nature. He was born with freakishly heavy. Check the back of his head. Check the back of his head. <laughs> I should have rang you this week and said in Glasgow, check the back of a new way's head. Because you is know it, my theory on flat, flat. The flat at the back of the heads. That's where the freakish power comes from. No, but all seriously, he looks like. A little like Japanese Magna children's cartoon character, and inside he's a fucking monster, and he's the biggest threat to Lomachenko's top spot. He truly is. Pray for Nanito, eh? Oh my god! The worst thing about all that is Nanito's the nicest man in Sound world boxing. Fuck, isn't he? He's lovely. Did you see the post-fight thing where they did like a, 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 a um, not in the ring? They did something afterwards where they did like a photo shoot. I think it must be for for the final or whatever. All right. And, they, and they're standing together. And Nito was helping 
uh, a new way, put his belts on his shoulder properly. Fucking and he's like hell. helping him, like help, basically help him get you. Oh, don't take the picture yet. His belt's not straight. And he's straightening the belt up for him. Fuck. And he's like shaking hands. And I'm like, you're the nicest bloke in the world, but you're going to sleep. Like you are going to sleep because that's what he does. Honestly, he's like the fucking BFG. He whispers in their ear and they're gone. Where's the challenge for him? Is it very similar to what we've been saying about Lomachenko, where you've got to give size weight, you've got to give all the advantages away in order for him to come up short? Has he got to really take himself out of his comfort zone? I know that he's a three-weight world champion. Maybe he's out of his comfort zone already. And I mean, Look at the size difference between him and Rodriguez at the weekend. Yeah. What's he got to do? Has he got to, has he got to get in with someone fucking ridiculously big in order to make it difficult for him? I don't know. I don't know. Listen, this is his first move at bantamweight, don't forget. And, you know, he's on course to obviously defend his belts now against Denae and become the World Boxing Super Series champion. But there's still a couple of guys in this weight division that he hasn't faced yet. You know, he hasn't faced um, Tete Mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. He hasn't faced Luis Neri, the top Mexican. Yeah, Neri would be interesting. He hasn't faced Ubali. The, uh, the French Eastern European yeah. kid who's got the WBC belt uh-huh. or whatever he's got. So there's still work to be done in this division before we start pushing him up. But listen, this is a guy that went from light fly to fly to bantam. So if you're a super bantam now, you'd be thinking, fucking hell. Stay there, son. Just just stay where you are, kid. <laughs> just stay where you are because, okay, he's going to start giving away attributes. And at some stage, obviously, there's a, there's, a, there's a ceiling on him, just like there is with Lomachenko. Yeah. But when you're talking about him matching him up with like that kid who beat fucking Dogbo the other week. Yeah, Navaretti. Navaretti. Like, th- these are big fucking dudes, height-wise. Yeah, but However. I want to see it. He sleeps Navaretti, don't he? I, like, I, I, fucking hell. I want to see it. Just because it is, a, it's become a bit of a circus. Like, the yeah. Lomachenko thing's a circus now, right? How big can we get somebody in there to fight him to see Lomachenko topple a giant, right? Yeah. And that's where we're at now, we anyway. There ain't... With all due respect, don't get me wrong, Neri, you mentioned there, he's a heavy-handed dude. And you think to yourself, yeah. all right, that'll be quite nice, that. But no, it, I think I think the monster would do him. Yeah. You've ju- you just mentioned three names there in his division right now, and I think he does them all. And then you've just mentioned the guy in the weight category above him. The number one in the guy the weight And I think he does him as well. Yeah. Fucking hell. It's unreal. Any featherweights want to crack? It's unreal. The, the big thing for me was... On, on Saturday night, Sunday morning, was not necessarily the fans' reaction because we're fans, we'll all get fucking super excited and we'll all start making mad comparisons because that's what we do, we're allowed to. But it was the fact that high-level coaches on both sides of the Atlantic, high-level fighters on yeah. both sides of the Atlantic. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. check the feeds of the fucking, you know, some of the biggest players in this game, both coaches and fighters, current and yeah, ex-fighters, yeah, yeah. and see what they're saying. You know, it's, it's when they're saying, this Fuck is the guy, me. this is the fucking guy. That's when you realise, this is not Deontay Wilder power, this is not getting in there and being completely unorthodox and completely wild, but having freakish power that puts people to sleep. This is also being absolutely technically superb. Superb. Like, one of the first people I've seen tweet after the performance was was Joe Gallagher. Now bear in mind that Joe Gallagher's uh, got Butler in the same weight division. Mm. And Joe Gallagher was like, this kid's the fucking mustard. Mm. Like a new way, up close and personal, is absolutely sensational. Mm. I think sometimes we're, we're blessed at the moment, and this is why boxing's booming. There's half a dozen fighters through the weight divisions which you think would have been a world champion in any era mm-hmm. of that weight division. In any era. Lomachenko, a new way. You know, potentially even Deontay Wilder. 
just because of the size of them. This is don't forget this is a next generation era of heavyweights. They have never been six foot nine, six foot eight, and six foot nine before. We've never had this many. And with that kind of freakish power, okay, he gets outboxed by people. He got fucking outboxed by Tyson Fury, mm-hmm. but he's always got that equalizer, which for me means he could potentially have existed in any any era of heavyweight boxing. Mm. What he did at the weekend, Wilder, let's get on to his fight. What he did at the weekend, we said on last week's show, he needs a statement. He needs to go out there and he needs to do the business. Now, obviously, all the build-up last week was fucking ridiculous. He does detract himself away from being Deontay Wilder. He creates this bronze bomber persona and he says the most ridiculous things, which is a shame, really, because I've been lucky enough to be in his company when he's been Deontay Wilder and he's sound as fuck. He's a top lad, really good. But... We've seen other uh, fighters do the same thing. They create this character to get themselves into fight mode and then it just goes a bit fucking mental. Yeah. I'm glad that he kind of addressed it at the end of the fight, uh, referring to Brazil being able to go on with his family and saying, listen, we say things that are a little bit daft in, in, in fight week and hopefully he's learned his lesson and we don't get to hear that language again. But when it comes to the performance, yeah, right, it's not the prettiest sometimes when you're watching Deontay Wilder fight, but fucking hell, you're excited, aren't you? Every single fight, you're there because he carries that, re- he carries dynamite, TNT in his fist, mate. And for him to make a statement by knocking out his mandatory challenger within a round when Anthony Joshua, the other world champion, took seven rounds. The, to- other, the only other person to beat Brazil. Took seven rounds to do that. Yeah. Then you send a statement. You send a massive statement. Now I just hope that all this chat of, well, we've got, the uh, the uh, Luis Ortiz fight set up. We've got the Adam Kawanaki fight set up. Then we'll revisit the AJ thing. No, fuck that. Fuck it. Because what you did at the weekend, Deontay, you reignited the fire. People have got a little bit fed up. At, from the start of this year to where we're at right now with the heavyweight division and the fights that are being played out, people have got fed up because they want to see the best versus the best. What he did at the weekend, he sent a massive statement about that he's the man. He's the man in the heavyweight division. Agreed. Anthony Joshua's got a fight in two weeks. The timing's fine now. The timing is good. Mm-hmm. Let Anthony Joshua take care of Andy Ruiz because now the pressure's back on Anthony Joshua. Hopefully he takes care of Andy Ruiz in good fashion. Got to. The next fight has to be Wilder AJ. It has to be. I don't think it will, but it has to be. Let's stop fucking about. Let's get it on. They owe it to this generation of boxing fans to put it on because with all due respect... It could be the biggest sporting event this year. Mm-hmm. It could be the biggest sporting event next year. It could be the biggest sporting event the year after. We're talking trilogies. We're talking maybe even more than that because yeah. these are still relatively young guys yeah. in the heavyweight division. They're at the primes right now. Let's get it on. Let's just cut the bullshit. Forget the door. How rich do you want to be, for fuck's sake? Get it on. Yeah, agreed. I agree in, in that sense. But I also think that, unlike Anthony Joshua, I think Deontay Wilder, after that perform today... This morning, Monday, on the fucking, what day is it? May the 20th. 20th. May the 20th. Globally, Deontay Wilder's a bigger star than Anthony Joshua. Okay. He's the A-side today. Today, Deontay Wilder's the A-side. Really? The A-side, 100%. Because Deontay Wilder's... What brings you to that conclusion? Deontay Wilder's performances, like that one, like Fury, like the ones that go before it, like fucking Luis Ortiz... Like when he had the rematch and obliterated fucking, what's his name, Predator in the first round. Mm. Steven. Steven. Those performances are made for this generation. This is a social media generation. That entire fight went viral because it lasted less than two, fucking two, two minutes, minutes, 17, 17 seconds. seconds. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. It's perfect for social media. His whole fight went viral because he's made for this generation. Now, the pressure now is on Anthony Joshua to make a statement of his own in New York in two weeks' time of equal footing. And if he doesn't, mm. 
if Andy Ruiz fucking gets half a dozen rounds out, he, he won't win a round because he's a little fat pudding. But if he gets half a dozen rounds and drags it out <laughs> and AJ has to work towards fucking softening him up around the middle and then eventually putting him away, all that kind of bollocks. No, Deontay Wilder remains the A-side for me. And it's time for Anthony Joshua to and, and Team Joshua, and I've got nothing against AJ, I love him to bits. They're going to have to climb off their high horse and go, okay, Deontay Wilder's the number one. And then they're going to have to go to Deontay Wilder. And I think that's why Wilder and his team have gone, listen... Let everyone else talk about AJ. We'll talk about doing other shit. Let's let let's let them chase us for a while. Because we're the A-side. In America, Deontay Wilder's a bigger star than Anthony Joshua. I don't care what fucking mo- little videos Eddie Ayer makes and all that. Anthony Joshua hasn't had a, this happened seconds ago on live. Here's ESPN Sports Centre. This just fucking happened. Look at this. Deontay Wilder's had three or four of them. I, I, I truly think that right now Deontay Wilder is the A-side in negotiations with Anthony Joshua. It's up to Anthony Joshua to remind me and the rest of the world who the fuck he is in two weeks' time. And on June the 1st at Madison Square Garden, he needs to have a performance like this. Nothing but a inside three rounds, complete dominance, smash Ruiz to bits performance that is social media friendly will put him on equal footing now with Deontay Wilder to make this fight happen. And then maybe the pressure of the TV execs, never mind the fans, are what finally makes it happen. But right now, Deontay Wilder, that's why they were saying, like, keep your cards close to your chest. His post-fight interview, I was going, oh, fuck, don't be talking about doing this. You need to fight AJ. No, He's, he, his management have said to him, keep Anthony Joshua's name off your lips. Let him talk about you for a change. You're the man. You're the one that is capturing the world's attention in this heavyweight division you're the, the golden goose now because you're the one who's putting in these performances I don't care how many tickets he sells against fucking over at Wembley Stadium or in Cardiff that doesn't matter to Americans they don't give a fuck about the UK market they care about the US market and in terms of global dollars the US market is all that matters Josh, the pressure now is on Anthony Joshua to match that over to you Mr Joshua mm. I agree I agree that the pressure is on him for him to put in a performance at Madison Square Garden in two weeks' time. I just, I don't think they will climb off their IOS. I hope they do. I yeah. hope they do. I hope he puts in a world-class performance. He smashes Andy Ruiz to bits. He gets on the mic and says, right, this is what we're doing. We're getting it on. We're making it happen. I think the pressure has to come, like you you, you, you nailed it, the pressure has to come from Dazon. Dazon have to get on to Eddie. They've got to get on to uh, Anthony Joshua. They've got to get on to Deontay Wilder. Get them all in a room and say, right, lads, this is... Cut the bullshit. Cut the bullshit. This is the biggest fight, maybe of all time. Yep. It's the heavyweight division. It's for the undisputed championship of the world. Right, boys? You're both undefeated, even though one of you has got a draw, but that don't fucking matter. Let's have it. Put put them both in a room. Negotiate whatever they've got to negotiate. They need that mediator, I think, in there because there's too much ego connected yeah. to it. There's too many people around Deontay Wilder. There's too many people around Anthony Joshua and they all want a piece of their pie. Yeah. The guys that are paying the dollar, the DAZN boys, need to get in there and say, right, lads, here we go. This is the deal. We're in. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Sweet as not. Sign it up. We'll do it at the back end of the year. Don't forget, it was the zone that rejected Michael Hunter as well. They said, yeah, no, yeah. no, not good enough. And that's why they ended up with Andy Ruiz Jr. So the zone do have clout to do it. And... And they've got dollar. They've got deep pockets to do it. They have. The, the problem is that, you're right, there's just too many cooks in there. That's the problem. You know, Lennox Lewis is right, what he keeps saying. It's down to Wilder and AJ. Only they can make it happen. Only they can go, yeah. shut the fuck up and make it happen. And the only way it will happen is 50-50. That's the only way it's going to happen. You can't have him going, is 
You're going to get 50 million, Deontay. You're guaranteed 50 million. Brilliant. The biggest paycheck. Oh, what do you mean? It's 10 times than you've ever earned before. It doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. He brings as much to the table as you. Right now, I believe he brings more because he brings more eyeballs. That's big. That's big. For me, he brings... Do you think? Yeah, I think so. I just think Deontay Wilder's performances have been social media savvy. AJ seemed... I can't even remember the last time AJ fought. Do you know what I mean? It's like... Povetkin, yeah. There, there you go. When was the fucking... Who did he fight? When was it? It's, it, it? He feels so irrelevant right now because of Deontay Wilder once again goes viral in the most sensational fashion. Once again, people are like fucking, oh, this guy could have done this. This guy could have done that. In any year, he could have done this. People are forgetting about AJ. And we're over here. Mm. We're being force fed AJ over here. And even I can taste the fact that Dante Wilder's a bigger star. If I was in America right now, fucking forget about it. I'd be saying AJ who? Anthony Joshua's got to do something sensational on June the 1st. He's got to, to make this fight bigger or as big as it is. Otherwise, mm. I'm telling you now, otherwise, this fight ain't going to happen unless AJ takes 40% or 45%. I'm telling you, Wilder right now is... Whether it's because of AJ or not because of AJ, maybe because it's a boxing booming again and there's more money in the sport in America than there has been for years. But right now, I feel like Deontay Wilder's red hot. And the Americans, don't kid yourself, they will want to keep their champion American. They will want, they will still want to be able to say on ESPN or all these other channels, the heavyweight champion of the world, here he is, he's from Alabama. They don't want to say the heavyweight champion of the world, here he is, he's from London, England. They don't, give a, they don't want that. They want... Uh, Deontay Wilder. So we will always get more coverage. And if he's putting in performances like that, that exciting, then forget about it. Honestly, it's the the threat of the English takeover led by AJ and Eddie Hearn is so much that they're rallying together. This fight will never happen unless it's 50-50, unless AJ and Eddie Hearn go, fuck it, we want it to happen. Sport needs it. Legacies need it. 50-50. 50-50. It won't happen any other way. Even if they guarantee him 75 million. Because you know what? Team Wilder will go, yeah, but with pay-per-view, with this, you make 76. Fuck that. We're not having it. I'm telling you. While you're on a roll, let's talk about Billy Joe Saunders, shall we? Well, I'll tell you what. Let's talk about Gary Russell Jr. before we do, because let's not skip off that card. Because right, Gary go Russell Jr. once again, annually. This well, is I, only a- went, I only went to Billy Joe because I know that you're going to give him a pasting. Well, uh, this could... <laughs> is this is the annual Gary Russell Jr. Yeah. is the best featherweight on the planet. Yeah. Annual shout because he only fights once a year. Yeah, that's right. But once a year he He's reminds us now for another how months. fucking tremendously good he is. Yeah. How absolutely brilliant is, he is. The beautiful thing about Gary Russell, right, this week, the fight's brilliant. He puts in a great performance. Unbelievable. Yeah? He's unbelievable against Kiko Martinez. But the things that I have been interested in this week is what he's been doing on social media. He keeps popping up. Right on various videos on Instagram, on various bits here, and he's mentioning names. He's starting to chat now. Gary Russell Jr., like you say, he comes out once a year, defends his WBC belt, has a little bit of a crack, then goes on holiday for another twelve months, and we see him in another period of time. I'm sure uh, uh, he's getting weighed in from somewhere to keep uh, keep his money ticking over. Um, but it's been good to see him mentioning names this week. He's mentioned Javonta Davis's name a couple of times at the end of the fight. He wore the t-shirt, didn't he, with Leo Santa Cruz? Let's make that fight. I don't know if those fights are going to happen because I don't know how active he's going to be based on obviously what we've experienced over the last three to four years but his rhetoric's changed a bit so hopefully we are going to see him again at some point this year and hopefully it will be against elite level competition because no disrespect to Kiko Martinez Kiko Martinez best days have gone past him he's a gatekeeper yeah they've gone past him he's European level with all due respect 
we're talking elite level with Gary Russell Jr. We want him in with Leo Santa Cruz. I'd love to see him in with uh, Javonta Davis. Whatever, mate. But the elite level fights now for Gary Russell have to be cemented in order to cement his legacy and for the rest of the world to start chatting about him like we're talking about everybody else at this moment. Yeah. There seems to be like four, five standout guys at the top, isn't there? Santa Cruz, Warrington, Oscar Valdez, you know, Kanzu, Frampton, Marez. You know, these are the, these are the guys at the very top of the division. Yeah, yeah. But it's before every year he does it. Every year he boxes once a year and I come away going, that's the best featherweight on the planet. He's the best featherweight on the planet. And I did it again on Saturday night. Mm. And I know Kiko Martinez, as you say, is a European gate. He's a European a very good European champion, very much a world title gatekeeper. Yeah. Only loses against world champions current or past. However, no one does that to him. No one fucking absolutely tears him a new one like that. No one's done that before. Mm. What did Scott Quigg do? I think Scott Quigg caught him and blew him away pretty early. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but he, he went rounds with Warrington and he well, he went the distance with Warrington, went rounds with Paul Frampton. First time, Frampton finishing second time. Yeah, so, you know, he's a tough operator, but listen, he is a little bit long in the tooth as well. But what Gary Russell Jr. done was his footwork's unreal, his speed is incredible, and his power, his power, man. Which, um, which Gary, little dude. Which Gary Russell are you talking about here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Gary Russell treble wasn't on because I couldn't do it. So I did that amazing hacker, which Billy Joe fucked up, which is part of the reason why I'm sour on Billy Joe today. Yeah. But the Gary Russell, Gary Russell, Gary Russell treble knockout. Yeah. Played out. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. on as well. Antonio and Antoine. Antoine? Antoine. <laughs> Antoine. Antoine. Yeah. And Antonio. Yeah. Um, Six-round technical decision and uh, a fourth-round knockout plus Gary Russell's fifth-round knockout. Have you knockout. seen, by the way, that Mikey Garcia and Danny Garcia are hopefully getting it on? So you could have Garcia versus Garcia and yeah. the undercard of the Russells. <laughs> Russell versus Russell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Do it, man. Amazing. Um, but again, Gary Russell Jr., sensational. The, and I'm going to flip on that as well. I think he, after, I'm reminded once again, that's why. Yeah. He is the toughest, he's the biggest threat to Josh Warrington's hopes of unifying this weight division. More so than Oscar Valdez? I think so, yeah, yeah. I just think he's technically absolutely superb and he bangs as well. Hmm. Valdez is the fight. Valdez would be unreal. But I think Gary Russell's not daft. He's thinking, fuck Valdez and fuck Warrington for now. Yeah. Let me go off to the Santa Cruz in that number one spot and then let them come to me kind of thing. And I think that's why he's doing a big campaign to get Leo Santa Cruz. And he beats Leo Santa Cruz. Yeah. Gary Russell Jr. beats Leo Santa Cruz. I agree. But unfortunately for Warrington, that leaves him with Oscar Valdez. With Oscar Valdez in After the shoot it, well, in the other if semi-final. He, if, if he gets like. through Barry, of course. Cause that's <laughs> if a, he gets through Barry. Well, yeah. that's an ugly fight, you know. It sure is. Um, Go on then, let's do Billy Joe, because I know that you're foaming at the mouth. You walked into the studio today going, that fucker's messed up my hacker, giving it the big, and I'm disappointed in him and all this type of stuff. I kind of watched this loosely um, through, obviously on a monitor, whilst I was doing the radio off the back of the World Boxing Super Series, and it just looked like a typical Billy Joe Saunders performance against the geezer that we've never heard of. That's basically what it looked like, and we've seen it time and time and time again. I said on the show last week that I... Billy, give us a statement, mate. Give us that moment. We've just been going crazy about the Wilder moment. Yeah, you're right. He's not technically brilliant, is Deontay Wilder, but he's giving you that viral moment that's gone around the world and everybody's talking about him. Billy Joe Saunders, of course, when he fought Lemieux, give us the viral moment when he looks up into the bleachers. I know he copied it again at the weekend. Yeah. Doesn't have the same resonance because you're fighting some geezer that nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. The statement was knocking the dude out. The statement was rat-a-tat-tatting him. And he just seemed to, you know, stay in second gear for the majority of the fight. For the first five rounds, Billy Joe was brilliant. He was at his best. He was enjoying it. He was playing. He looked like he could have. He looked like he held back from stopping 
Azufi at least I mean. three times. Why did he do he that? He held though? back from just finishing him. Why did he, he do that? Azufi hates because I was because obviously in Mayaka, which by then I had three of the five had come in all inside the rounds. Fucking big Joe. Had you're done on the, the Jack D, were you? Me. You're on the Jack D. And I was, I was, I didn't. You know what I'm like. The cardinal sin. Yeah. As as the missus is going to bed, I went, listen, this is on, and it fucking ruined it. Yeah. I should have said nothing. Should have said not because me two pound fifty. What did you was, say? Go get your red panties. Pretty much. Is that what he said? Me two pound fifty. Maybe we did it. Was about to become seven hundred and fifty quid, and I was like, oh, I went. We need because she was like, why are you cheering for the other guy? Because I was like, get on, run, Azufi, run. Because I was like, I just need him to get through six rounds because then Billy Joe stops him between seven and twelve. Job All right. I knew then is Deontay to blow this guy out, and he will. So we're, we're quids in. So I'm cheering for Zufi because Billy Joe looks great for five rounds. And it looked like at any point he could have just put his foot down yeah. and just run the kid yeah, over. Yeah, but that's what I'm disappointed in because I saw that as well. And I'm yeah. thinking, go on then. And it, like you said, it looked like you were carrying him. And why do that? Then it, Because in the sixth round, Zufi catches Billy Joe. Straightened his leg a little bit. Nothing too serious, but caught him enough for Billy Joe to look to hold and fucking ride the round out. And, and and for a brief second there, he was hit. And from that point on, from 7 to 12, he put everybody to sleep. It was boring as shit. And this was a night when, listen, mate, I'm on BT now. I can flip back yeah. to fucking Sky Sports and catch the end of, of Taylor here. Why am I watching you do your roadrunner act? And there was rounds there where Billy Joe was actually running laps of the ring. Running laps, throwing nothing, just kind of fainting and running, fainting and running. Like this is the entertainment business. You you're you're supposed to be winning a world title here in conclusive fashion and making a statement as a twelve stoner to go bring me the best twelve stoners, bring me the Callum Smith to this world or whatever, or go do a statement to twelve stone to go right. I'm going back to middleweight. I want Triple G. I want Canelo. I want the big fights. Everybody's dodging me. This is the rhetoric. Mm. But instead, he puts everybody to sleep. By doing a roadrunner act. He was so disappointing 7 to 12. And you know what? He probably won every one of those rounds, or, or most of them. Yeah. But it was so boring. It was so, it was so, it's, it was a second gear performance. That's why. From that point on, I think for the first five rounds, he's going up to the gears. At one point, he goes into fourth gear, then he'd then he back off on the throttle. Mm. And I was buzzing because I was like, yeah, man, don't stop him. Gets a wobble in the sixth, and I'm like, sensational. That's what I wanted because. Now, I know I'm into the seventh round, so I'm bet on. And Billy Joe's just had a little bit of a wobble. So now the corner going to go, Billy, stop fucking about, son. Take him out. Because he's got that power. He might just catch you, and it's not worth it. Take him out. But instead, whether it was Ben's decision, whether it was Billy Joe's decision, or whoever's decision, they went, listen. Don't risk it. Don't engage with him. Just fucking run away for the next six rounds and just and just pot shot him and just win every round on the, on the back foot. Yeah. Bored everyone. And that is not how you get a fight with Triple G. It's certainly not well, how you get a it. fight with Canelo. And you know what? I hope it's not how you get a fight with Callum Smith either. Well, I it do. Was boring. Well, I do. Was not rewarding at no, all. No, no, no. It was. You're you're 100 right in your analysis of the fight. But now the next step for Billy Joe Saunders is absolutely crucial because if it isn't Canelo, Triple G, Callum Smith. And I'll throw one more in there. Eubank Jr. rematch. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested. I really ain't. Because it's got to that stage now where I've shouted from the rooftops about Billy Joe Saunders being amazing since he beat Andy Lee. Then we see a year of just not fighting anybody. And the comeback fight's rubbish. He then fights Lemieux and reignites the fire. And then he has another disastrous year last year. Yeah. 
This, I'm going to let him have it because it's a stepping up to super middleweight. The next fight now. We're here now. Yeah. You're in great shape. Look at the shape of him. He's looking fantastic. He's teamed up with Ben Davison. He's talking well. He seems to be out of bother on social media. You know, he's hanging around with Tyson. They're inspiring each other. Next fight has to be crucial. Let's stop fucking about. Let's make the big fights. If it's a Canelo, no. Triple G, it won't, you won't get Canelo. No. And tri- or Triple G because they're no. probably going to fight each other. Yeah. Callum Smith. No. Callum Smith will take the fight. No. Uh, Callum Smith will. But Callum Smith's advisors wouldn't. Why would Eddie? Why would Eddie Hearn and match him? Put him in with a, a Frank Warren fighter. Frank Warren fighter that technical, very good, and has the ability to just run and win fights. All right then. The All right then. So why, why, what would be the risk? And BT Sports, who are bankrolling Frank Warren's resurgence, and Billy Joe Saunders, one of their flagship world champions now. They're not going to allow him to go and fight on Sky in no, the zone. No. And likewise, Eddie Hearn ain't going to let his world right, boxing super series world f- number one fight I'm, on BT I'm talking Sports. From a fan's it's point never going to happen. I'm talking from a fan's point of view. So then you've got Eubank Jr., the rematch. Yeah, that's that's the fight. Make the fight then. That has to be made. But then Eubank Jr.'s got an ITV pay-per-view deal. So what are you saying? That we're going to see another Billy yeah. Joe Saunders stinker? I think, to be honest... After he fucked up me, I couldn't really care less what Billy Joe Saunders does next. I can't. I, I can't get excited about what Billy <laughs> oh, Joe Saunders, unless he fights one of those guys. I can't get excited about his next fight at all. I agree with you, because am I gonna am I gonna watch another Azufi performance, another safety face performance? Listen, I know he's changed with Ben Davidson. Listen, this was all. Um, when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, this was just about getting a win. It was just about becoming a two-weight world champion and fucking getting the show rolling again. But unfortunately, this is show business. Lackluster performances, when you're competing with another channel with a far superior card, aren't going to cut the mustard. When Deontay Wilder's gone viral in the middle of the night, you can't do shit like this. Mm. Just doing a little look into the bleachers again and thinking that's going to make you viral. Sorry, son, you've done that once before. Show us a new trick. A new trick would have been putting a Zufi to sleep and going, bomb, here I am, I'm a super middleweight now, bring me the best. If he stops a Zufi in between 7 and 12, yes, I'm rich. But also, <laughs> then I'm on the type train then. Yeah, okay, bring him Cam yes, Smith. I'm rich, 750 quid. rich enough. <laughs> My world. Um, that's the statement he needed to make. That's what he needed to do on this night when he was up against so much competi- competition in his own sport. Mm. And it was... The most disappointing performance. Again, not just because it fucked me acker up, but also because you're in second gear, son. You're coasting your way to a world title win. Fantastic. Fantastic that you can do that. Brilliant. But entertain us at the end of the day. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It was a weird card, wasn't it? Because obviously Billy does that. Before it, we've just seen Joe, yeah, uh, take, Joe. taking on uh, Peter Ustinoff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It may as well have been, because at one point, it genuinely looked like two lads had been chucked out of Weatherspoons and they were at it on the car park. It wasn't the prettiest thing in the world to no. watch. Now, I'm led to believe that Joe had a little bit of a chest infection throughout the course of the week and he wasn't at full throttle. He got the job done. And if you just analyse the stats of, uh, of, of the victory, of, of stopping Ustinov within three, you look at all the people that have stopped Ustinov previously, they've obviously gone into the second half of the fight. It's a great statement, you know? He stopped the guy within three rounds and he stopped him with a nice left, sh- left hook shot. Nice. It's all good. But mm-hmm. you look at the fight and you think to yourself, Joe Joyce, Daniel Dubois. Dubois would stop him. I'm telling you now, Dubois would have an absolute laugh with Joe Joyce. Maybe that's why <clears throat> Frank Warren's asked him to step aside. C- kind of bringing them together a little bit sooner than you thought. I think 
Frank Warren, there's always, you know, you've always got to try and look at the bigger picture. You don't don't ever think, oh, that's a fucking weird coincidence, isn't it? You know, but shit is happening for the reason. There's a reason why Frank Warren has gone and got Joe Joyce and signed him to his network and brought him on because I think the the only logical step now is for Joe Joyce to fight Manuel Char. Yeah. For a version of that, for what it's worth, that WBA. Regulars. Regular fucking world title. The Matalan belt. Because Manuel Char. Ustinov took Manuel Char the distance. He took yeah. him 12 rounds. Okay. So it, that's a perfect fight to meet, to me. Uh, I think Joe Joyce does something similar to Manuel Char, probably stops him mid to late. Joe Joyce is now the WBA regular world champion. He's going to be going after AJ though then, isn't he? No, because uh, I think that's just a, a step too far. But then I think you've all, while he's, you know, all these negotiations are going on, you then got potential to fight Tyson Fury, which gives Tyson something he desperately needs, and that's a bauble. And a big British domestic fight, which probably does a Wembley Stadium job. Or you look the other way, you've got Dubois coming through against Gorman. And Dubois is what Frank is. Let's not get away from all this. Dubois is Frank's fucking golden goose. He's the he's the one that Frank's looking around going, thriving right now. But by the time all these fuckers have had a couple of knocks with each other, my guy's going to come through and wipe the floor with them all because he'll be young and hungry. And I think you might see Dubois then come towards Joe Joyce a little bit quicker mm. if the Fury trilogy fights are now going on in a dream world with Wilder and AJ. Then you've got Joe Joyce looking for a knock and I think Dubois then comes in and becomes heavyweight champion of the world. But that's the way I see it playing out. That's the way I see it going. For me, Joe Joyce was brilliant on Saturday night. Uh, listen, the really, perfor- the performance is what it is. That's the way Joe Joyce fights. Yeah, he looks a it's, bit like a fucking dormant swinging it's, away. It's, it's hard to watch, though, mate. It's it is hard. hard to watch because you you know you you're watching other heavyweights and you're thinking, Jesus Christ, this is it's not quite the sweet science, is it? However, nine fights, nine wins, nine knockouts. Like you can't knock that shit. No, and he's beating good guys. Yeah, he's beating. Houston was a former. WBA regular Stavern, world title good contender. Guy, good guys, Stavern, the good guys, exactly the decent level guys. It's just not pretty. That's all. It isn't pretty. It isn't pretty, mm. but it's effective. Mm. Boy, is it effective! Mm. Um, that wraps it up, doesn't it? For the uh, for the weekend, just gone. Yeah, man, it was a uh, it was an epic, an epic old weekend. Obviously, what have we got coming up this weekend? Huey Fury's back this weekend. Huey Fury's back this weekend, of course. He is, oh, hang yeah. on a minute, hang on a minute. There he is, Devin. Oh yes, baby, Devin's on this weekend, isn't he? Sure is. Mm. Uh, Huey prospect of the year. Uh, Manchester Channel 5 this is on uh, you could check out Huey Fury uh, it's his first fight since was it Pulev yeah, yeah. Uh, he's fighting Chris Norad uh, this weekend at the Manchester Warehouse uh, the York Hall's got Chris Congo versus Tyron Nurse that'll be a decent little knock and then we've got some world title action as well uh, Masayuki Ito is taking on uh, Jamel Herrig for the WBO Super uh, for the Weight Championship we've also got uh, Devin what's that isn't Zhu fighting yeah, this he is weekend fighting. as well? Heavyweight, yeah. And then you've got uh, Devin Haney, which is your boy. So let's talk about him. Devin Haney against Antonio Moran. It's, he's been upgraded because this was supposed to be the weekend that we saw Usyk versus Takam. Yeah. Uh, but Usyk versus Takam isn't happening. So Devin Haney, he's been upgraded. He's the main boy this weekend. He's uh, obviously just signed up with Matchroom Sports and he's the showcase talent over in the States. This is a Matchroom card then, isn't it? Of course yeah. it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's a decent card. There's a, there's a, I think there's a world, a female world title fight on there. Unification, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. McCaskill against uh, Sanchez. Sanchez, but Devin Haney's the one. You know, this is on Sky this weekend. Make sure you tune into it. You'll see exactly why I've been tipping this guy, and he's my prospect of 2019. Devin Haney, the lightweight, absolutely sensational. Got everything. Can punch. Can move. Technically, absolutely outstanding. And on a collision course, either with uh, eventually with with a with a Lomachenko down the road, or even a Tiafimo Lopez, yeah, which is Adams 
prospect of 2019. Tia so smokes him. Listen, we all got excited when we went to New York. We got to meet Tia Fimo. Even I was excited. He was a wicked kid. And his performance was scintillating. Over to my guy. Well, that's exactly Hold what it is. my beer. Well, Devin that's it. Haney. On him, is there pressure with uh, with what we saw with Tia Fimo, obviously, over in the States? Absolutely. Got to go and make a sta- statement? He's got to, you know. And the best thing is, these are kids. These are young guys, you know, yeah. 20 and 21 year old. You know, but he's fighting Antonio Moran, who's a tough guy, who's been around the block a few times, former WBO Latino champion. Um, I think he's got three defeats on his record, but never been stopped. So there's a there's a real incentive there for Devin Haney to make a bit of a statement. I know Moran's a, a, bit, a big dude, but uh, Haney can make a real statement here if he can be the first guy to stop Antonio Moran defending his WBC belt. And listen, I know I know we we know that uh, Lomachenko versus uh, Luke Campbell's pretty much done for that WBC yeah. lightweight belt anyway. But Devin Haney will be the first uh, the first guy standing for the defense for sure. Well, how good is this division at this moment in time? Because you just mentioned there that in August we're probably going to get. In the UK as well, Lomachenko uh, versus Luke Campbell. Chris, Christmas Day, a.k.a. Christmas Day. Yes. Is that, is that what it is? August 31st, it's mm. looking like uh, London. I apologise, everybody from Hull. It's looking like it's going to be London. I had a little bit of a chat with Shane McGuigan last week, who obviously looks after Luke Campbell, and he was basically saying, yeah, it's London, and it's going to be uh, August 31st. But if you have a little bit of a look around for the other fights... Uh, that are uh, that are playing out in this division. You've got fights that are going on in June. You've got fights that are going on in July with top top guys. Um, and the way that this all plays out with Comi, he could fight Tiafimo Lopez in September October if Lopez comes through his eliminator, which I think is happening in July. Comi's obviously fighting Beltran in June. Yeah. If all that plays out, top rank by this time next year could be in a situation where they could put on the undisputed championship of the world in the lightweight division between Lomachenko and Lopez. If it all plays out how they want it to play out, I'm not yeah. saying it will, because no. let's be honest, Comi's a fucking threat, yeah. as is Luke Campbell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's not rule him out of this. But if if it all goes the way that top rank wants it to go, you could have Lomachenko versus Lopez for the undisputed lightweight championship of the world at this time next year-ish. Dang. Proper that, isn't it? Unreal. Absolutely unreal. Mm. It's a good card this one Saturday night. Michael Hunter, as you say, is on there as well against the uh, former UFC fighter Fabio Maldonado. Expect that to be a, a blowout from Michael Hunter. I'm disappointed. I think Hunter would have been a better fight than uh, than Andy Ruiz Jr. But uh, hey ho, uh, the guys at the zone know more than me. Uh, but the big heavyweights on there as well that everyone is getting super excited about. Uh, the big fucking U- is he Ukrainian? No, he's not. He's um, Croatian. Hervig, uh, Hervig, yeah, Philippe Hervig. He's seven and zero with five mm. knockouts at the moment. I was watching some tape of him last week, mate. He's for real, man. He fucking hits, really hits. He's for real. The only guy I think that's gone a distance with him is um, Kevin Johnson, who, as we know, is a professional. I will go to distance yeah. with anybody. I will get out of the way of everything. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but he lost. Obviously, he lost every round. So uh, this is for the WBC international heavyweight title for what that's worth. But again, mm. Hergovic, do not miss that on Saturday night. Uh, There you go. Thank you very much for listening to us. Much appreciated. If you don't subscribe, please do hit the subscribe button on iTunes and write a little five-star review there because it helps us with the visibility in the iTunes chart. Uh, You can get Android feeds on our website, fightdisciples.com. Our social media is at Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter, at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. And please follow our YouTube channels as well because there'll be more stuff going up there uh, over the next couple of weeks. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard... Subscribe via iTunes.